What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 251. On this episode, I'm joined by CJ Jones. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, podcasting, the Joker, superhero movies, mental issues, music talk, video games, domestic life, more music talk, and a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? Uh, first thing I'm going to get into is how I get paid a few dollars a month from a couple marvelous websites. The first of which being patreon.com slash a podcast. You go there, you give enough money. You can be a co-producer like my mother, Hurricane Haynes and Marshall, the Dharma initiative bear. They've just really been holding down the fort, keeping us going. Um, you can also give a dollar or more a month and get early access to all the episodes. It's normally a few days early. Um, I know lately someone like Forgotten One's been hitting me up being like he enjoys the perk. He thinks it is very cool. So you should be cool like him and join that shit. Um, also, we have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast. Mo, you can go there and get a cool shirt. I think they also have some hats and shit like that. Um, has our podcast logo. Very cool. Definitely maybe worth it. So think about it. Um, also... It's not quite April, but in April, I'm on my beat store. I'm going to do like a 33% off uh, all month with the code Internet Friends 3. So be ready for that if you want to buy some beats off me and you want a discount. Um, that's the plan. So anyway, let y'all know. Uh, all right. This week, I'm going to call the homie CJ Jones. He's out of Springfield, Missouri. Uh, he is a rapper slash acoustic guitar player, singer, songwriter, something, you know, all those fucking fancy artsy words. Um, he used to have a podcast, but I can't call him a podcaster anymore because he doesn't have one anymore. Um, but that's cool because now he can call it my podcast and let's spill his thoughts. I have nothing really on the plan except um, one thing about the Joker. So we'll see how, how this all goes. Um, so anyway, let's uh, give him a call. Yo, yo, what's up? Uh, now it'll seem weird and I'm just going to address it because we've already been talking for like 10 minutes for the internet friends three special, which will be out on April 30th. So there's my free ad for myself for a podcast about my album. Then when will this podcast be out? This will be out Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. We're straight up time travelers. Yeah, man. That's how podcasts work. Uh, I enjoy it when I do the music podcast. I'm like, and this will be out. And I know the exact date. And it's always kind of blows Skinny's mind. He's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I just look at the calendar. I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know that. I have to plan this shit. I do so many podcasts. If I don't keep track, then it would be chaos. Right. Yeah. There is some small bit of pride I take in the organized chaos I have. And what's like, I actually get a lot of shit done. And I'm like productive in like a internet content way of, of kind of what, yeah, you know, yeah. I do, but uh, it's not really worth much, you know, but it's like, but I'm doing it and I'm pretty good at doing it. It's wild, dude. Cause even when I was doing a podcast semi regularly, there was no structure to it. You know, there was no one day of the week where I was for sure going to drop. It was just chaos. Like if I could scramble together an episode, I would drop it whenever I could. And maybe it was two a week, maybe once a week, once every three weeks, occasionally like, 
there's just no order to it whatsoever. Yeah, I, I could see trying to do that. The only reason I, I do it the way I did it uh, was I, I didn't have anything else going on in my life when I started the podcast. And I looked up all these tips and the one of the first ones were like, always have a set day of the week. And so, yeah, I tried, you know, I always did Monday or I think I did Tuesday originally. And then I changed it up to Monday because it just felt like I was holding them for so long. And then holding them over the weekend just seems like you're not really holding them as long. I don't know. For some reason, Cause it's like no one yeah. would listen to anyone. Well, and, <laughs> and if you get in a pinch, it gives you that weekend little blanket of opportunity. Like, all right, I didn't get anything done all week. Maybe I can scramble out a podcast Sunday, get it queued up for release on Monday. Right. And I've always in my back pocket have my whatever first attempt will be at doing a solo podcast. I've yet to do one. I've thought about it. Um, I just feel like I will just ramble on into nothingness. And I know that's how your podcast was structured. Oh, yeah, it was tough. Very tough. I did have a notebook laid out in front of me with little bullet points, like certain topics that I knew I could ramble on about. And it was tough. I way more prefer guest based. Just because the interaction, the back and forth, it obviously leads to talking points that I wouldn't have thought of on my own. Right. I mean, versus me just rambling and trusting that I'll keep this shit on the road. Right. I mean, I, I prefer the guest ones mainly because uh, I enjoy when I get like 10 minutes of something I had no idea, you know, that was yeah. going to happen because it's just for like, it's like free free content, you know, or whatever. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes on the snappy episode, you know, because I do normally come with so many news stories because I've had weeks where like neither one of us have anything. And it's like, well, fuck, how are we going to get this to get 30 minutes or whatever? So I normally try to be prepared. But on the Wednesday episodes, when someone calls in, I always feel pretty comfortable just kind of going with it, you know, and being like, we'll see yeah. what we talk about. Um, and also, you know, Snappy's here every week. You know, there's only so much you can talk, only so much happens in a fucking week. So I get how like it's a yeah. different <laughs> sort of structure. Um, but like Joe, who was on last week, you know, he has Limbo Cast. He his podcast is structured in a similar way where they kind of just talk about whatever. And so he's so easy to just like he's used to it. You know, so he's like Yeah, and I'm actually queued up to go on his at some point. He I think he just bought a house or just moved or something like that. I think he inherited one. Tim and I were scheduled yeah. at one point. Like a month ago, and then all that chaos happened. Like, hey, dude, actually, you found out I'm moving. My shit is chaotic right now. We'll reschedule this. So, yeah, um, I'm friends with him as well on Facebook. So I saw all of his moving. Um, yeah. And then he, he's just so Canadian looking, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it st- sticks out to me. Uh, okay. Wh- the only thing, or one of the main things here, I had written down on my list because you asked me a long time ago and then I watched the movie, the Joker, like a week after the last time you were on this podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our last podcast. So you just kept saying like, let me know when you watch Joker, you thought it was awesome. Um, I also thought it was very well made. I thought it was a very good movie. Uh, what were, yeah. has anything stuck with you this, this much further, you know, as since you've watched it. For me, like, it's almost a reminder of like human empathy and attempting to have any sort of human empathy. Like I feel like the whole movie kind of dances around that theme of just forgotten about members of society that people overlook and aren't trying to address, you know? I thought it was a cool look at mental health without like shoving the mental health aspect down your throat. Like 
creating an actual story out of it that you want to follow versus maybe preaching or something more along those lines. It's like an entertaining dive into it. Right. Like he used the Joker as a good vehicle to show yeah. that, you know, where he didn't have to, you know. Uh, I, I thought a lot of it was real cool. I mean, I've, I listened to Quentin Tarantino talk about the movie recently, which kind of shaded my whole view of it. Cause I was like, he's a genius and that all makes sense. Uh, but he was yeah. talking about how like, you know, it subverts the whole audience. You know, I didn't see it in theaters, of course, but you're like cheering for it. And, you know, spoilers for the Joker at the end, you're cheering for him to do what he does. You know, I guess I can say it that way. And yeah, it's something yeah. that's like Robert De Niro's character is like a David Letterman you know, like he's not a villain. He's not a movie villain or anything. He's not a bad guy. Yeah. And, but yeah, like you're kind of cheering for the Joker to be crazy. Like, you know, and how yeah, like yeah. the movie gets you on that side, even though. Yeah, you're, like you said, it creates that empathy that you are the what yeah, that you otherwise wouldn't have had for the character. Right. Like the movie started off with the last scene. You would just be like, oh, well, this guy's a fucking lunatic. But right, right. Just. Gives you that slow descent into madness and all of the variables that compound and create this monster. Yeah, it's very cool. I really hope they somehow keep him for uh, the Robert Pattinson Batman that they're making at the moment. You know, yeah. I'm I've never been much of a Batman fan. I just don't think the character is that interesting. And everyone loved yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy, and I thought the second one was really good, but the first and third, I don't know. I could. Take it or leave them. And yeah, I'm included. That whole trilogy, like, like the gritty, kind of darker side to the Batman story that it brought versus the 1990s versions. You know, like, I'm sure you watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Yeah, yeah. Freeze, and those movies were just so cheesy. The dialogue and everything, like, it didn't have that real life dark energy like the Dark Knight trilogy had. Right. I mean, I think Christopher Nolan did a great job making them and all. I just, I remember like Batman Begins, I fell asleep like every other time I'd watch it. You know, before. Yeah, it was very long. It was long. Too drawn out. A little boring. And then, uh, yeah, Heath Ledger is amazing and Dark Knight. But, and this is weird because I don't really like uh, superhero movies or care about them now, but I remember Iron Man came out around the same time as a Dark Knight. And I told everyone like, I think Iron Man is going to be the better movie at the end of the day. You know, I used to say all the time and all my friends will get mad that like love the dark Knight. But I think now it's at least an, a debate because the legacy of Iron Man leading to, you know, all the fucking MCU and shit. Like, again, that I don't care at all about yeah, them, yeah. but uh, it, people like, you know, they care a great deal about Iron Man these days. Um, yeah. At a certain point, I just kind of gave up on all the fucking comic movies. Me too. Which is a shame. I'm sure there's a lot of good content in there, but like, I can't even keep track of how many there are and how they all tie in together. And yeah, we have a certain point. Like when you get so far behind, you just give up. It's like, I'm not going to dedicate 35 hours of my life to catch up on all the missed Marvel movies. Right. Well, what's funny, I think, cause me and my wife kind of not the babe. We talk about a lot. You know, I really only watch TV shows. I don't really give a fuck about movies anymore. For some reason, if it's an hour and a half, it's like, nope. But if it's an hour long TV show, I'm like, sure. I have an hour, but as soon as it's like yeah. a movie, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have that long. And uh, it just I feel that I've been <laughs> for like four days in a row now. I've been trying to finish The Departed with my wife. It's like a little over two hours, I'm wanting to say. And just a crazy schedule. I work with my job. We'll get like 30 minutes to an hour at night to sit down and watch something. I'm like, fuck, like this movie is too long. I wish I had the time to just sit down and digest the whole thing. 
Right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It, it, it's a weird world. You know, that's a weird complaint. But, you know, Disney Plus, uh, my wife got that because she thought it'd be worth it. I still say it's the one thing we don't need to buy streaming wise because I just never watch it. But um, word is they might actually revive King of the Hill and bring it back. And if that happens, I will be the biggest Disney Plus fan ever. <laughs> I love King of the Hill. But um, they have a couple categories for the Marvel movies. And one is like, here they are in order of theatrical release. And I think I know the last one I watched. Cause I remember trying to watch captain America too. And I kept falling asleep. And then I feel like I never watched civil war. So I think I'm on civil war. If I had to be, you know, that's where I'm at in the, the Marvel, whenever you release timeline, but they also have a chronological order timeline where you can watch them where it's the order in which it all would have happened. And that seems kind of interesting, but it's so many yeah. movies that you're like, well, fuck that's I'll never get through all that. And then I just don't do it. Yeah, that's kind of in the same boat. It's like, I'm slightly curious, but at the end of the day, I could give a fuck less what happens in any of those movies. And I know that I would just feel like it wasted so much of my life if I did follow through with it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> like My life will not be better or worse whether I do or do not finish it. Uh, something just kind of tangentially related to the Joker is... Some I always want to bring up on this podcast because I think it's a weird subject and I'd be weird to talk about someone that like in real life would look at me because I'd be like, whatever. You know, at least that's my thought because uh, the weird topic is of, you know, the Joker was kind of crazy, you know, and sometimes I kind of feel crazy, but I've never been like diagnosed with anything, of course, or I say, of yep, course, I feel that. But like already <laughs> there's like so many times and I kind of allude to it in certain, you know, rap songs I've had where like I'm like, maybe I do have a little bit of whatever mental or disorder but then i also then feel like well maybe i'm just being fucking dramatic and of course yeah. i don't because i can live through like i'm fine like i'm fucking an idiot for even thinking that you know and you kind of have like this battle in my mind uh if you will of of these thoughts and so like sometimes uh like something as small as like autism i mean i said say it's small but like you know they talk autism's a scale right and then there's certain things that they say like these things are signals that you you could be like slightly autistic. And I look at those. I'm like, I did a lot, uh, some of this shit as a kid. And then, so now I'm like, wait, does that mean I was like kind of on the scale, but no one cared. And then, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think it, there's a lot of evidence I had ADD or ADHD as a kid, but it was again, just like right before they cared. And it probably wasn't severe enough that I'd ever got taken to the doctor. But whenever you hear of like, Oh, here's how it, it works and affects you. I'm like, Oh, that sounds very familiar. But then I feel like a fucking idiot for claiming it you know like i wouldn't claim yeah, it. yeah 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 i do i'm the same exact way that's funny you say that because yeah just looking back at my childhood some of the weird obsessive shit that i would do that didn't seem like what other kids were doing like uh me like you grew up in kind of rural area or i'm assuming yeah. your portion of oklahoma you know so like one of my favorite fucking things to do when i was younger was just flip over logs looking for lizards and snakes just fucking hours, hours, hours doing that. And I didn't know anyone else who did that. Like, that was just kind of my thing. And like, I remember being super excited going to my friends at school. Like, oh, I found a milk snake yesterday. I found this yesterday. Like, cool, dude, we don't give a fuck. But like, there was some weird obsessive part of my brain that just like, oh, I got to see what's under this rock. Got to see what's under this board. To the point where I just walk around my dad's property or like my cousins when I'd hang out with them and that's the shit we would do. 
Right. I mean, I think I just got obsessed about different things throughout my childhood when I look back on it. Um, like there were some constants, of course, like Legos and video games, you know, like those are like my two main entertainment sources or whatever. Uh, but just in general, when I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can. I think I was probably a little annoying about that. I like to talk a lot. You know, I just would ask a lot of fucking dumb questions. Um, and I was an only child. So I also have this weird like desire to be alone at times. Where I'm like, hey, I'm, I could totally entertain myself. You know, like I do not need people yep. around me. <laughs> and uh, that see, I'm I'm five years older than my sister. So for a while, I was the only child. And I feel like. And I are only half brother and sister too. Like we always lived in the same household, but like on the weekends when I would go visit my dad, she wouldn't come with me. But there was always like a kind of disconnect there. So I feel that same thing. Like I'll just sit in a room by myself, be perfectly fine. And my wife's like, what, what's your deal? Like you don't communicate. Uh, what's going on? I can just spend days like in my head, just entertaining myself without saying words. And Right. Never realized it was a problem until I got married and she points it out like, hey, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on in that head of yours. If you don't tell me, and then I'll be like, oh, shit. Come to think of it. Yeah, I've just been zoned out for the past 20 minutes. And to me, that just seems like a normal thing that people do. Right. And I'm, you said a lot of key words that remind me where I was trying to go earlier. Uh, the In your head thing, like. I would love to be able to switch places with someone or I came to switch places. Like I wish I could experience what other people see how their brain operates mental, right, like how they think. Because for yeah. instance, I am almost always we, like when I'm silent and I'm walking around my house or I'm driving or whatever, unless I'm like preoccupied mentally with like a TV show or a podcast or something, you know, that like I'm paying attention to, to occupy my brain, then I am always like talking to myself. But like, not yep. like a crazy person, like in my mind, not a crazy person. Like, I'm literally like, and then I think this, and then I would say this, and then like, I don't, I'm having like these <laughs> yeah. fucking like fake conversations or yeah, like these weird scenarios. <laughs> yeah. Well, like since a child, I've always imagined like, and if I was on Conan O'Brien, he would ask me this question and I would answer with whatever. And like, I think of that like once a week, like that scenario pops in my head for no fucking reason. And then. Yeah. <laughs> just think of like why this can't be normal Bro, the worst for me like i'll do some shit like go in the gas station have the smallest little exchange with someone in the gas station and for the next 15 minutes i'll replay it and think of all the clever shit that i should have said or like i'll just reimagine this dialogue between me and the gas station attendant in various ways that it didn't actually happen in reality and for no reason it's not like the exchange between us was bad it was just a regular like oh i'll have 10 out on pump two and okay have a good day yeah you too it's not like anything awkward or weird happened that i'm regretting and wanting to change it's just like oh i wonder what would have happened if i brought up this or oh i wonder if they're a fan of this or just stupid shit like that that just preoccupies a large portion of my day yeah so uh, i used to i guess when i was young and religious would have been like Maybe that's me talking to God, but I was like, God sounds a lot like me, me talking to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm just answering my own questions all the time or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's never went away. And so I, I do wonder if it like makes me more susceptible to like Alzheimer's and shit like that. I want, I think that's all the time. I even told my wife, like sometimes I think I'm crazy and like someday I might turn crazy because like I think some weird shit sometimes. And she just looks at me yeah. like, whatever, like I, I don't think she experiences these things I'm describing, you know, like when I, yep, same, I've same. tried to be like, Oh, you don't just like 
have conversations with yourself in your head all the time of like, and I, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like, if I knew tomorrow I was going to Walmart to go buy these certain items and like, maybe later I'd be like, I would start thinking about the trip and it would be like, like you're saying, like, and see, mine wouldn't even be someone I've seen. It'd be like an imaginary, like, and what if a Walmart worker was in my way? I would have to go uh, around what, to a different aisle yeah. <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like it was just the stupidest shit. But uh, I'm constantly doing that. Just the weirdest daydreams about every fucking scenario possible. It's like that Chuck Norris movie I watched as a kid where the, the little kid would daydream and all of his daydreams, Chuck Norris would show up. And I used to be like, well, that's cool. That's a fun superpower this kid has. But it was apparently a bad idea that he daydreamed. <laughs> I don't know what the name of the movie was, but it was a. I know I'm I'm kind of wondering now, too. I don't think I've ever seen that. That plot doesn't sound familiar, but. Yeah, I would say uh, 1994, 95 Chuck Norris movie um, for anyone on IMDb out there. Right. Someone will find it for us. <clears throat> right. Um, so I'm trying to get completely out of album mode. Uh, I kind of took this week off of us recording it was our spring break. I wanted more people to call in and do interviews for the the internet friends three podcast, but not many people took me up on it, but I really wasn't like proactive. Um, I just played video games all week and uh, try to do nothing. What something I've learned. And I don't know if you're the same way. If I'm off work, I'm also like off creative mode. Like they somehow yep. go hand in hand and I know it shouldn't. It makes sense to be like, no, now that you have a week off, now's the time to make all the beats. But I guarantee uh-huh. you, I make on average twice as many beats on a week. I work 40 hours a week than a week that I don't work. Just, I don't know what it is. I just can't. I feel that like there's this under underlying urge to have to do something like feel a need to get stuff out. Like, well, fuck, I'm wasting all my time at work. I got to balance that out with creativity or else life will suck. Right. But then when you're off work, it's like, ah, fuck it. I'll chill. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. I was off work for two weeks with COVID I mean, this was several months back. The whole two weeks I was off, I made a goal to myself like, all right, I'm going to bust down. I'm going to get creative. I got all the time in the world to write songs. Just didn't do shit. There's no excuse for it. Like I had all the time. Because when I'm at work, I'm always wishing I had time. Like, oh, fuck, if I wasn't at work right now, I'd be recording a hook or something. And when the time comes and I am off work, that same hustle isn't there. Right. Well, when I'm at work lately, um, I notice I think a lot about I need to learn some new techniques, you know, for whatever reason, that's in my brain a lot. Like, you know, I need to go back to watching YouTube tutorials and being like just for the inspiration of like which sort of instruments would go together nicely because that's stuff I don't you know, I feel like I'm kind of maybe in a rut a little bit because I have the certain instruments that I enjoy and I've been kind of drawn to in the last few months. It's like I kind of keep using the same sounds. But then whenever I get home, I never want to sit there and watch YouTube tutorials. I'm like, oh, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to make a beat. And then it's like I yeah. kind of get in the same cycle, you know. So I did kind of take this week off um, from being too creative and making too much stuff because I was like, I kind of need it. I feel like because I kind of am in a, in a rut a little bit. But then, like I said, Mikey Lack sent me. Um, actually, I haven't talked about that on this. Mikey Lack sent me the song and I uh, ended up finishing that song since uh I did the last podcast, so that kind of put me back in album mode, and then I re-listened and car tested all the songs again and made slot notes and changes, and I was like, God damn it, I have to quit doing this shit. It's like... Oh, it's terrible, dude. Like, the whole month before I'm ready to actually submit stuff for release, 
I'll pick apart my songs for the most minuscule things that no one in the right mind would notice other than me. And it doesn't even make a difference in the overall quality of the song, these changes that I insist on forcing myself to make. But- I, I would take it even further to say, I've always, I, I'm the same way. I get a little obsessive and I, there's so many things I don't know how to do. So people are listening. They're like, well, why didn't you make that sound better? It's cause I just didn't know how, but you know, I'm the same way. I, I think about it a lot for, you know, about the month before. And then as soon as I submit it and listen to it later, I don't think about any of it. Like, yeah. like once it's up on the stores, I don't think like, Ooh, I should have turned that person down or that thing up or I'm just like, well, it's up. Like, I don't have any of that stress. But yes, once it before it gets to that stage, that's all it is. It's just all this stress about like, oh, fuck, I hope it sounds okay. And then honestly, the people that lock you before will still lock you. And the people that didn't will still won't. The mix, I don't think, is a make or break someone to be a fan of you. It is just like the frosting on the cake, if you will. But I could be wrong. Yeah, there's several songs even like on my Spotify out of my music, but music that I was a fan of maybe from like 10 years ago or something, like stuff that I just listened to religiously in high school, for instance, I might listen to now and realize like, Oh fuck. Like this sounds so horrible. Like the mixing is bad. Like the song quality just isn't there, but like this was my fucking anthem. Right. So at the end of the day, you can create a song that people will connect to and it doesn't have to follow these industry standards necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we came up, you know, our, I guess our time period would be the age of the mixtapes. You know, I had so many things yeah, downloaded, yeah. um, at 128 kilobytes because that's all I could find on Napster or my dumb ass is like, Oh, it's not as big of a file. So that means yep. <laughs> I could have more of them on my computer. Not, not realizing the quality aspect, you know, cause I was a dumb kid, but yeah, I listened to all kinds of shit that didn't sound, um, great like that. Um, completely switching gears, but somebody mentioned in music, uh, and then me thinking of Napster and then listening, thinking of stuff, uh, I listened to back in the day lately. I've also, something else comes in my head is uh, random songs, right? From like a long time ago and the offsprings, the Americana album for whatever reason, the last few weeks, I just like start singing songs off that album. Now I haven't listened to that album in like 15 years. Um, but I did own it when I was in elementary school because pretty fly for a white guy was on it and I yep. had to have that whole fucking CD. And then I learned that like, Oh, this band's awesome. And all these other songs are awesome. I just, I didn't listen to rock music like that. You know, like it wasn't my genre. Um, but do you have, I'm sure you do. Cause I know you've done some covers and stuff, but do you have moments where you just have like, well, where the fuck did that come from? Like music and like pop in your head dude, <laughs> daily. Like when I'm not, talking myself into imaginary situations in my head. That's my other side hustle was fucking coming up with music from 15 years ago. And like some shit that I remember from my childhood, like, Oh, I remember in second grade, this one song was popping. Spotify has this cool feature. Actually, you can go year by year, like uh, 2002 pop songs. And there's like playlists and shit curated for every genre, every year. Like, fuck what song was really big in 1999 and there's a playlist of fucking 100 songs and like the nostalgia will hit me and, and i just go down a rabbit hole well yeah yes. 99 would be great because that would be like eminem and the hot boys and ludicrous like yeah, a lot even of rappers for me, like, popped up in the 99 i'm a sucker for the weird like alternative pop stuff like atlantis morissette sounding stuff and for whatever reason, I like gravitate towards that music 
whenever I'm thinking about my childhood, like all those weird alternative kind of rock, kind of folky type songs. Yeah. That, um, for whatever reason, I think you probably were like maybe like some Matchbox 20 or yep, uh, yep. fucking whatever the Dave Grohl band is. <laughs> As you could tell, I'm not a huge, <laughs> yeah, a huge yeah. rock band. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, uh, you know, some Stone Temple Pilots. Was that yeah, maybe and even later? I like know. I said, like for some reason, like when I think about the fucking 90s, my brain just gravitates toward like female singers for some reason. Yeah, I, mean, I think like Spice fucking, Girls. Uh, no, not not to that point. Like oh, oh. the almost like girl power. Fuck. Um, Did y'all have that take over your school? You know, you're pretty close there, Missouri, from where I am. And I remember in fifth grade, uh, and I graduated in 06. So I guess you can figure out how close you were to be there. Uh, but in, I remember in like fifth or sixth grade, there was this big Spice Girls takeover thing. And like every girl in my class wore Spice Girls clothes and everything was about girl power. And it's the first sign that, you know, females were taking over the world. Yeah, 100% I remember that. (laughs) Hang on, I'm going to go to this fucking playlist because I'm driving myself nuts trying to cite my sources on whatever songs I'm talking about. Okay, so like Michelle Branch, do you know who the fuck that is? Yeah. You probably know her songs. No way. Yeah, like shit like that. Alanis Morissette, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just made a full-blown nostalgia playlist from like elementary school years. And I've found that like all of it is like female fronted singers, which doesn't make any sense because like now I don't listen to that hardly at all. Right. I will say when people send in music to the podcast, the female singers are always very popular. Um, you know, when I get a female singer to send something, I always get people hitting me up of like, dude, that person was fucking dope. So there, there is some sort of appeal uh, about that. I don't know what it is. You know, I'm not even trying to not talk. I don't know if it's it. like the rarity of it. Like since it is a predominantly male right. type thing, maybe it's just the rarity of even hearing a female like, oh fuck, this is different. Right. And I think the only thing that makes it rare these days that where our males are dominated is because music's become so much technically inclined, technology inclined that like not saying women can't do it, but statistically over the last however many decades they haven't in the in quite the same numbers. Um so I'm sure that's some part of it. Um, because you mean, I mean, I've met plenty of females throughout my life that sing, but none, like hardly any of them record their stuff. You know, yeah, exactly. None of them are self-producing and doing stuff like that. Yeah. They're like singing. It's almost like the tech world. The same thing with like every dude that got fired from Google for basically saying that they needed to include more women in the tech world. It just seems to be one of those fields that women don't gravitate towards like nerding out on a computer, essentially like all of audio production is is that just to a very specific level right uh i'm sure you've watched the tv show adam ruins everything and i find it to be very good but one of them uh he did was about video games and how you know like video games and programming and all that it used to be pretty pretty even split or more so like in the atari days but then whenever uh, the Atari crash happened in the 80s uh, and the video game market kind of crashed and then Nintendo was bringing it back, uh, stores made them just they had to put them in the toy section. They weren't allowed. To, they didn't want to put them in the electronic section. And then they had to choose if they wanted to be in the boys or girls section. So Nintendo chose to be in the boys section of the toys. And then for that, for like that reason, video games become a boys hobby predominantly for the next however long. And it's just now that girls are finally catching up 
to, you know, having the same amount of number yeah. of players. And it's just interesting how little decisions like that can affect a whole like society. Yeah, that's super <laughs> wild. The cause and effect, like, oh, we should put it on aisle three rather than aisle four. And right. then whole generation of kids is like, oh, well, that's for boys. Yeah. Obviously. Right. And I mean, <laughs> th- there are, uh, you know, because I can list examples. So, you know, it's probably a little too broad, but like my wife, when she talks about growing up, she was like, oh, yeah, this girl across the street had this Super Nintendo and she played it every once in a while. Like my wife would go there and play it, but she didn't really care that much. Whereas in like me, if I went to a friend's house that had a Super Nintendo, I was going to go there every day and we were going to beat their games and oh, shit. Yeah. You know, like it was so much fun. Um, but also have friends like Skinny, you know, he don't give a fuck about video games. So it's not like all boys did. Some of them also were like, yeah. I don't give a fuck about that. But it did yeah, I seem- don't anymore. I used to like in high school and even like the couple years following high school, like I was really big into them. But I haven't even owned a gaming system. since probably like 2008 or something like that. I've had roommates and shit who had systems that I would use. So like I kind of co-owned, I guess. Like there was always access to it and shit, but as far as me owning my own, like it was for sure while I was still in high school. And I think it was just one of those things I recognized that like for me personally, I waste too much fucking time doing it. And it is fulfilling to an extent, but it's also there's part of me that thinks the accomplishments I'm doing virtually on this game, I could better spend my time doing accomplishments in real life. Not that I actually do, but it makes for a good argument in favor of not buying a new game system. I said I'm still just as unproductive without video games in my life, but yeah, I feel like it would be much worse if they were included. I mean, I can't imagine not having video games because I have debated this a little bit when I bought a PS5. I was like, well, I'm going to buy one of these motherfuckers. And then all these people online were like, if you're a real producer, but not like, well, listen, I make more beats than all y'all. So I don't think this is a problem for me um but i do play it quite a bit um and i don't have kids you know i think that's a big deal like if i had a kid um i would probably play a lot less video games or at least a lot less of my video games you know i'm sure it would then be focused on like oh, i'll play like a good game or something um but for me uh we don't have like cable and, and shit like that right because it's like well who wants all that and so my wife likes to read so she'll read a book and i'm like all right, I'm playing video games and it just works out well for, for our lives without a kid. Um, but I completely understand the wasting your time. Now, uh, I've wasted this whole week playing video games, but there is some sort of, uh, it's like my version of, uh, meditation, I guess, if you will. Now that can go wrong. I can play a game that like pisses me off. And then I, then uh-huh. <laughs> that is when I feel like I've wasted my time is when I've wasted time and then I'm angry. And then I have a thought of like, well, why do I do this shit? All right, let's find some fucking games that don't make me angry. <laughs> but without that yep. anger, I don't know if I enjoy it. And if the accomplishment is there whenever you do win, you know, or you do beat the computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is a weird fucking segue that yeah. kind of ties in that I just thought of. Uh, the weird part of my brain that does feel that reward system in video games lately, my new side hustle has been Uber and DoorDash, Uber Eats, all that shit. Right. The way they've laid out the app for the actual drivers is genius because it feels like a fucking video game. It almost feels like some augmented reality thing where it's like a video game, but in real life. And you see the money adding up on the top of the screen as you're completing deliveries and 
I recognized like, oh, fuck, like this is feeding into that same part of my brain that made me excited to move on to the next level or to beat the final boss of this stage or to accomplish the mission or whatever the fuck the goal was in a particular game. This is like the real life version of that that actually has like monetary gain. I'm like, this is brilliant. Right. I mean, it's similar to how I thought about like cryptocurrency. Um, Yeah, everything's gamified now. Uh, So, you know, it's a little different there. But, you know, I'm like, oh, about $100 worth of this. And then like next week, it's like, oh, it's worth $130. Well, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like it's magic. Yeah, it's like it's not like you put your tokens in. And then you're basically like gambling. It's not, but it is kind of. And uh, you're like, well, let's see when I can pull it out. Got to know. It's uh, interesting uh, how the gamification of everything works. I wish I could just gamify like my brain to like do things around my house, you know, because I feel uh-huh. myself stuck. Achievement unlocked. Dishes complete. <laughs> right. Like I feel yeah. myself being like. I know I need to mow tomorrow, right? Like, I know I need to, like, make sure my mower works for the first time this year and maybe, you know, touch up some spots here or there. But another part of me is like, or I could just make beats all day. And then what if I sell those and made money? Not that I will, but what the possibility, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, you know, the what could be, <laughs> if you will. Uh-huh. It gets you, gets you kind of thinking where I'm like, ah, uh, you know, and I actually did sell a beat yesterday so i feel like hell yeah go me you know i'm fucking professional maker over here (laughs) so i found that like making lists is another weird kind of brain hack for that it almost makes it like that video game type accomplishment system like oh task at hand complete and just marking that shit physically off a list even if it's something simple like do the dishes mow or even go even more micro with it like fold towels Small things, like the more fucking things I know for a fact I can accomplish, I'll write 20 items on this list and 10 of them will be pointless fucking things. Like, it feels good to check those items off. Like, yes, yeah, got another one. Got another. I wonder if I can do the whole list in one day. This would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, I've done that. I've, I do that with music stuff. I guess I need to do it with other things. <laughs> Maybe that that is a good idea. That is the sole motivating factor for me to get anything done around the house is to make a list out of it. Because if I just rely on myself to remember the shit, not happening. Right. Well, what I what's happened in my house lately is uh, I'm not good at anything, you know. And it will sound like I did this all on purpose, but really, like you know, I'll try to clean it like the best I can. But my wife's standards are different yes. than mine, you know? So it's like, <laughs> well, if I'm going to waste 10 minutes cleaning it just for you to come and spend 10 minutes cleaning it again, then should I even have wasted my 10 minutes cleaning it? And then, you know, that makes sense at my, the brain, you know, my logic, but I understand it's the effort, I guess counts for something. Um, you know, but there are times I find where I'm like, Oh, I guess I haven't done much the last couple of days and she's cleaned a lot. But then again, she would have cleaned anyway after me. So it's this weird uh, argument I have with myself. Yeah. Yeah, I'll load the dishwasher. She'll come in like, oh, well, why'd you put those there? These go on the top shelf. These go on the bottom. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's all going to get clean. It's all good. So, like, I'll spend 10 minutes loading the dishwasher, and then she'll just come through and, like, undo all my work. It's like, I tried to be helpful, but, like, I would have just been better off not doing this. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely one of ours. And what's worse is she'll come in and go, (sighs) <sighs> you know, like some big sigh, like, 
you put a bowl in this spot and you're like, well, there's a fucking spot open. I don't know if I can put a bowl there. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> I can't count how many times I've lost my temper and like gotten into little miniature disputes over that exact thing. Like the passive aggressive, like, oh, you shouldn't have even did it. And then I just can't hold my tongue. So yeah, fuck me for trying to help. Right. And I'm like, damn it. Why did I even say anything? <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? Right. Well, I, I used to spoil her and, uh, and I say this as a uh, not really spoil her because that makes me sound like a sexist man that needs a domesticated wife. And I did just fine. God damn it. In my bachelor life, <laughs> <laughs> getting things halfway clean. She would argue I didn't, but I just tell her her standards are different. Uh, but I used to clean the bathroom because she hates doing that. Right. And it doesn't really bother me to clean the bathroom. It's just me and her. It's not like we have a fuckload of people. And, uh, but at some point of time, when I started doing this podcast and people started coming over more, I think when I started doing the music podcast, so, you know, just a frequency of people coming over, she gets really weirded out and she thinks she has to clean the bathrooms before company comes over. And I'm like, skinny does not give a fuck. Like, I don't, yeah, well, yeah. Like, what are you doing? And, uh, but so now she cleans the bathroom. So now she'll like jab me like, well, you used to clean the bathroom. And I'm like, I still would, but you fucking do it every three days. So like, when, <laughs> when would yeah, I yeah. clean it? Like it doesn't need it. It never needs it. So anyway, for anyone out not married, these are the things you can look forward to. Um, uh huh. Not all of us. Even have- just moving in with the girl, like I feel like, is the first plunge into this. I was not prepared for. Yeah. See, when I first moved in with my wife, uh, it was such a weird scenario. I was such like a guest, and it wasn't like my place. Yeah. Uh, that it was it was a little weird she didn't tell her parents which was fucked up i thought she did she didn't tell me she didn't tell them and she went to south america for a month and then i was moving in while she was gone to south america because i had the keys and all that and uh so i move in and then her mom just like finds out after i've lived there for a few days which again we were adults it's fine but still not something you want to having your yeah yeah you know that uh, awkwardness super similar <laughs> super similar situation to mine and then the whole time i was there i mean i liked the little apartment we were in but it was like her apartment you know like she lived there for a little bit before i moved into it and then it was just like i just lived with her and then slowly you know i'm gonna change a thing here or there but you know for the most part it was like her place and then it wasn't until we lived moved to the house we're in now that it seemed a little more like our place but even now uh, and maybe this is just how it is when you're married. It still doesn't feel like my house necessarily because I don't know where half the shit is. I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah. where Dude, do I don't we... know where my own shit is sometimes? Right. I'll be like, hey, where do we keep stamps again? She and she'll be like, oh, it's in the third drawer from the whatever. And I'm like, how would I know yeah. that? How would I ever <laughs> know yeah, that's yeah. where we keep stamps? <laughs> uh, so that. You know, you mentioned some of your arguments. That honestly is the biggest argument. She cannot understand how we've lived in this house this long, and I still don't know where everything is. But I'm like, yeah, I didn't same put it shit there. will happen to me. <laughs> and like, I'll just ask, like, hey, where's this? And then she'll snap, like, oh, well, fuck, you know where it should be, blah, blah, blah. How many times have you asked me? And then I'll just be like, well, fuck, you could have just like told me. Right. Like, <laughs> you don't have to snap. Yeah. See, I find myself these days, if that happened, I'd be like, I appreciate the customer service. You know, like I just can't, I I can normally mean it with uh, a fake happiness, you know, something that I've noticed about at least me and my wife. I am a very pessimistic, negative person, as you know, because we DM each other, be a mean about people. Um, 
<laughs> but my wife was like really, really nice and positive when I first met her, you know, and then like over the years, all my negative energy has kind of rubbed off on her. And then I find her like having kind of that same negative attitude I do about stuff. And it makes me sad a little bit. And I'm like, oh, you don't need to think like that, even though I 100 percent think the same thing. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, when it's coming from her, you suddenly recognize like, oh, no. Yeah. Better than this. Exactly. Don't stoop to my level. So whenever she's like that now, I find myself playing the positive role. And I'm like, hey, look on the bright side. And she'll look at me like, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing? I ain't you. And I'm like, I don't know. I just have to do it. I took the other side. You get that comment like, oh, well, you're wanting to talk. Right. Fuck, I can't even switch the role up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't for all these things, uh, marriage would be somewhat boring. Uh, now, you have, how many kids do you have? The we got two. two. So we got the five-year-old and a year and a half. Well, that's when, are you planning on having any more? No, no, no. Fuck no, dude. It's so, we go back and forth like she'll have her moments where it's like oh a third one would be cool and for her a lot of it is like we have two boys so she'll kind of throw that like oh well how would you feel if we had two girls wouldn't you just kind of want to like ah fuck so like it's still kind of up in the air like at the moment we're both like nah we don't need a third one that's not to say in two months she girls are weird like they'll talk to their friends or like see some shit on facebook like oh so and so just had a baby it's so cute look at it it's like oh fuck here we go again yeah like uh my my homie pow out he's up around the tulsa area he he has two boys and i know his wife she wanted to keep trying you just keep having them until they had a girl now that's something i don't necessarily understand because i you know again me being an only child I was like, well, I think it'd be weird if my mom was like, I'm going to keep on until I have one of each or whatever. Like, I think that is an odd, like, thing to think of as a parent. Uh, whereas that now, you know, if you and my wife ever had a kid, I think we would only want one. I can't imagine us, you know, wanting more than that. But even then, I, and I've always, I guess, thought growing up, like, I would want a boy because I think you kind of imagine, like, you're going to have a mini me of you, right? Or something. I don't. I don't know exactly what the goal is. Whereas in like, I look at, you know, I think my dad's awesome. Right. But like, I wasn't one of those kids that were like, and my dad's my hero. You know, I think he's awesome. I think he's a very nice guy and dope, but like, I just wasn't like that, you know? And I, I I never had that either. I see many of my friends who, you know, they like their dad and their dad's cool, but they're not like, they're not like what you imagine your son's relationship is going to be. So I do think a lot of people in their brain of what they think is going to happen just isn't reality on some of those whenever they're like wanting certain genders. Um, and there was this one guy I used to work with at a job that he wanted a daughter so bad. And the way he talked about it seemed super pedophilic. So I don't have that thought anymore. Cause I think that's kind of harsh, harsh way to look at it because now it's like at my age, like if my wife got pregnant, I really wouldn't care. Like, I think I could see the pros and cons of both. I think I could see the disadvantages of both. Like I was an asshole of a, son you know like for for <laughs> like all cool things about me there were definitely times where i was a little shit talker and uh you know i know my dad looked at me and wanted to hit me like when we were like i was like 16 i could tell he would just want to punch me and then me i'd be the type to be like you want to punch me don't you i think that's kind of fucked up you want to punch your son i thought you're supposed <laughs> to love me and like i would just push yeah, buttons, yeah. right? like and thinking now like ooh, i couldn't handle that i'd fucking want to hit that kid like because i was a little shit but I don't know. You know, they're these are all hypotheticals because I'm sure it, uh, you know it's all different once you have a kid. Um, but most people, you know, my age, you know, all y'all music artists, most of y'all have kids. It seems like so. 
I'm sure that makes it even harder to make the music and do the shit. You know, like for it to- it's tough. Just constant balancing act that I never feel like I'm fully successful at. Right. And I'm, I'm sure that'd be really hard. I mean, I know like today you were like, all right, I'll call you after we put the kids down. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so that's different than, you know, someone else that didn't have kids that that just wouldn't even factor in. But you make it work. Make yeah. it work. It's one of those things. Yeah. Like I found there's a lot of parents who are like, oh, well, good luck. Once you have kids, it all changes, which to an extent is true. But like. You just have to be more particular in the way you plan things. And like you said tonight, I'm like, yeah, after 8.30, it's good. We planned it out, and then, boom, here we are. Whereas some people will be like, oh, well, fuck, man, I got my kids tonight. Sorry, I can't make it happen. So, like, it almost just goes back to your mindset. Like, you want to find time to do this shit? Like, are you going to allocate those mental resources to try to plan shit out? Or are you just going to pretend like you don't have kids and attempt to live your life that way? Like, if you want something to happen, you can make it happen. I feel like a lot of people who have kids and like, oh, well, fuck, everything changed after kids. It's almost like they were just kind of a pussy or, you know, like they just didn't have enough willpower to. Well, I think it's plan accordingly. I think it's also a passion thing. Um, You know, I get I get stuck on this a lot. And maybe it's because it's me just wanting to defend my own, uh, you know, activities and making music and podcasts and stuff. But, you know, there's plenty of people. I'm sure you know many of your age as well around you that they have kids and they have a job just like you do. But then to them, they're like, and I have no time for anything else. But yeah, you are like, no, I do all that. And then also I put out an album or two last year. You know, like there's are yeah, yeah. there are people that and I don't even know if it's because like time management as much as just like you want to as simple as that sounds. Right. Like there are some yeah, people yeah. they don't have any other desires. They don't have any uh, hobbies. You know, I know some people hate that word for it, but like they don't have that thing to be like, oh, and I'm also doing this when I get off work because I, I yeah. care about that or whatever. And that is something that. I'm glad I have music uh, for that one reason, really, because if not, I would just play video games, which would still be, I think, a, f- a fine enough passion. But there's some people that like they get home and they're sitting at the table until they go to bed or what? Like, you know, like they just their brain doesn't require this extra creative process to feel satis- yeah. <laughs> satisfied. Whereas that yeah, yeah. I completely do. Like if if I'm not doing something um, that seems somewhat creative, I do kind of feel like oh, I'm missing something, you know? I definitely I'll always have these recurring thoughts to myself like fuck dude if I died at the end of the day like I feel like today was a good day when I feel like I come like I'll just have these weird mental battles with myself like what if I find out I have cancer I got a month to live like how would I think looking back at all this time I wasted and these weird just unhealthy mental exercises I put myself through that ultimately just cost me sleep and cause me stress but it also causes productivity, so I don't know if it's fully a bad thing, fully a good thing. It's just is what it is, I guess. Right. Like a little anxiety could be good for you. You know, keep you yeah. on edge. Make sure you're alert. All that stuff. Um, all right, man. Well, I think we probably got enough for an episode. I haven't really looked over at how long we went, but I'm sure it's good. You got anything else you want to talk about while you're on here? Not that I can think of. I'm sure I'll come up with several topics as soon as we end this, but that, that's how it works. Um, we covered a lot. So, yeah, I think we got about, you know, the week this Monday, I plan on starting the Internet Friends 3 uh, promo 
saga. I don't know how the fuck to word it, where I'm going to put out at least one thing about it every day, uh, every weekday um, from Monday before this comes out until it comes out. Right. Or something like that. I have all these uh, little plans and stuff. So uh, everyone will get annoyed about that soon. Uh, but hopefully some people will hit me up, tell me how to promote stuff, if they have any tips, because, you know, that's something I really struggle with. I don't I, I mean, I can oh, share my links horrible. and it's the worst. I try to make friends and that is really my best success is I find People I make friends with, they listen to the podcast or they listen to my music and they're like, oh, I like it. I don't quite understand how to get like strangers and other places to be able to find my music. You know, that is something I just still have not quite figured out. But if yeah. anyone has suggestions, it isn't too expensive. Um, you know, hit me up. Let me know. And we'll try to make this Internet Friends 3 thing uh, fucking awesome. That's tough. I found that be the hardest part like finding fans that aren't fellow musicians especially on twitter most of the people i follow are other musicians not that that's bad they'll still support you they'll still stream but like i'd like to have fans that are just music fans and not fellow artists it's like how the fuck do i even find that market it seems impossible well and also like i hate i've gotten to where like i don't expect any support from other musician friends you know if i get it that's awesome but also because, like, I don't listen to everybody's music, you know, like all of our Internet friends. Like, I might listen to everyone's stuff once or twice, but there's it's not necessarily super common that I love a song and then it makes it to one of my personal playlists. Now, sometimes that does happen and I'll put them on my, my podcast playlist. Um, but I, you just can't expect that, you know, and since and I try there's not to expect so that much from, content floating around up there. Right. So like if someone does love some songs on Internet Friends 3 and it makes their playlist, that's awesome. And I think I have a decent chance because there are so many different styles. Uh, but like I'm also not going to be mad if someone listens to it a couple of times, supports me. And then they're like, yeah, just none of that shit was my shit. You know, I'm going to try my best not to be upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I think you got to have just a slightly better attitude in those ways. Because I, I just get tired of seeing people get annoyed or they'll say some shit of like, you know, no one supports me or it's free to show support all this shit. And then they're not supporting yeah. people, you know, or, uh, you know, and I'm not maybe the it's best. Just one of those things like nobody owes you shit. Like, I feel like a lot of time artists, we spend so much time working on this stuff, writing it, perfecting it. Like, it's almost like we put in this work. So we expect some sort of reward for it. But like, at the end of the day, no one owes you listens. Like, you're lucky to get any of the listens you get. And I have to remind myself of that. Like the world doesn't owe me the fucking chance to check this shit out. Like I have to, I have to provide that incentive. Right. Well, another a quick thing, guys, before we get off here as, uh, you know, I've been, I listen to some review shows or I watch some on YouTube, things like that. Then I, of course I have my own. And I think some of the disconnect is kind of like the reviewer is typically t- not always, but typically are like, do they like it? You know, it's like on my show, I kind of let people know like, oh, that's my shit or it's not my type of shit, you know, and skinny normally loves everything yeah. and all that. But some review shows, they seem to be giving like this. They're giving you the pass if you could make it, you know, like, yeah, like I will decide if you are worthy of making it. But then to me, I don't like that because there are plenty of artists that have quote unquote made it or have millions of monthly listener, you know, something we would think is like, you know, wow, holy fuck. A metric of success, yeah. And they suck. You know, maybe not stuck uh-huh. like to their fan base, but they suck 
and like to that review show that's trying to tell people if they can make it or not. So there seems yeah, to be yeah. this disconnect of like there's the side of the critics that are like things have to be this good or else you'll never make it. But then the reality is there are plenty of things that aren't quote unquote very good or mixed great or have it maybe doesn't have a vision. Maybe the lyrics are fucking shitty, but like a lot of people are listening to it. So I just think yeah. like, I don't know. It's just, and that's where Twitter really is. Cause like Twitter's a lot of critics and then there are yeah. of course fans, but like everyone's a critic of stuff and critics always want to show, like they want to point out something negative first. In my opinion is typically the way they go about it. Um, uh-huh. Cause that's the way I am. If you sent me a song right now, like I'm sure you have, I'm going to listen for like, what are the negative things I can point out first? Because why else would you send me that song for feedback? You know, yeah. if it was unreleased or whatever. Yeah, it's not released yet. So obviously there's some sort of agenda and improvement being right. in mind. And so yeah. like, uh, I don't know. It's where I, I find myself fa- falling in those traps as well. Like, ah, uh, you sent me a beat. Let me tell you what I would change about it. Because that just seems you do find yourself in that mindset as an artist where yeah. you know, I guess we're back to the other thing. You don't necessarily want artists as fans. You want to find fans or people that like you to, to find your shit. You know, it's just way better that way. Yeah. When it's tough, like one other disconnect I've noticed. um, A lot of times I feel like when people are doing these review shows as someone who submits to them, you almost can kind of trick yourself into thinking since they have this show that they are some authority, whereas their music might not be good. Like you could review a fucking song and suck at music, but you still know what sounds good. You know, like I could write some dog shit ass song. But if I hear another dog shit song, I can still recognize that it's not good, even though my own music is also not good. So I feel like it's easy to trick yourself into thinking that feedback doesn't matter if you have deemed the person you're getting the feedback from as not being a worthy source. Like, oh, well, they're not fucking signed to a record label, so fuck them if they think the song sucks. It's like, no, your, your song might just suck because their songs also suck doesn't mean your quality might also be lacking. Or just because their music is good and they say, you know, like that doesn't also give them the ultimate authority, I guess. Right. Well, and just like we were saying, uh, you know, a casual fan probably isn't going to know all the little things. Like someone who doesn't know music, if you ask them their feedback, that's just as valuable as someone who knows a lot of stuff because the casual fan may be like, I don't care if that is out of key. I think it sounds good and I will listen to it a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, there, there just aren't rules. There are rules, but there aren't rules. And it's kind of like sports. You know, like I get annoyed when like professional athletes will say something of like, well, they don't play. So this analyst, they can't really analyze football or whatever. Right. And you're like, it's like, you still have a fucking eye for it. Like I've watched football games. I can see when something's clearly out of place without, you know, like, I might not know how to do that spin move, but I can see that something was fucked up about exactly. it. Exactly. Like you can watch it and be yeah. like, oh, he fumbled the ball. He must have fucked yeah. up. I don't have yeah, to well, be out there it. to know yeah, that you yeah. fucked up fumbling the football. So uh, there, I don't know. Everyone's a critic and everyone's a genius or whatever. And so you just have to give a little more respect to the people out there just doing it. You know, I always keep that in mind. Like anyone that creates anything, I do try to remember like they could not create stuff. So I try to keep that in mind on my review show and everyone I think I'm fairly friendly with. But every once in a while, there's something where I'm like, oh, I don't think this is quite my shit. And that's exactly how I word it. It's not my shit. That just means like I wouldn't listen to it on my own, you know, if it wasn't for this podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> scenario or whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, 
I guess we'll wrap it up, man. Um, you know, of course, we'll make a list for the next time you come on. You know, I figured since you don't have a podcast, uh, you can just come on here and, and spill about whatever, you know, and as a substitute. Way less pressure. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but all right, peace, man. Take it easy, man.